This episode of Talk the Walk is brought to you by, well, you. If you want to learn how to support our family of podcasts, head over to patreon.com slash media or search for us on the Patreon app on your smart device. Thanks for helping us build something better. Alrighty, welcome to Talk the Walk here on Boss Rush Games. I'm your host, the Enlightened Sider Eddie V. Joining me from Games Red, he's a guy that is getting ready to prepare for a certain kingdom oh, <laughs> that hopefully it doesn't make him tear up. Everybody, please welcome Grayson Morales, friend to Boss Ooh. Rush from Nintendo Power Block and other podcasts. Hello, good Thank sir. Thank you. Thank you, Ed. Hi. Um, very happy to be here to talk about Before Your Eyes. Um, super excited that you asked me to come on because this is a game that I I really love. And I got to talk about it on Boss Rush like two years ago. So mm-hmm. it's a nice, uh, you know, we got into this point now. So that's pretty cool that we're talking about it like this. Yes. Um, as uh, Grayson mentioned, uh, we are going to be talking about Before Your Eyes in this game. Wow, this game is it's something very new, definitely for me as a gamer. Um, definitely talking to what we, you know, what we do here on the show, where we talk about um, walking simulators and everything. Um, this was a different kind of walking simulator, so I'm so glad to um, discuss it. And but before we get into that, I want to ask you. Uh, Grayson, how did you find out about this game? Man, I don't remember exactly. I feel like there must have been some sort of trailer during one of these big presentations, like, you know, like a Summer Games Fest, like an indie presentation or something, because I have no idea. I don't remember where I found out about it. But I think I really saw people talking about it on Twitter, like through social media. Um, after people started getting their hands on it and realizing that it's, you know, it's it's a special game. So I, I think a lot of people want were starting to share and write posts about it. I'm like, maybe Polygon or Kotaku and stuff. Um, I think I got ended up getting a code from one of the people who was doing the PR for the game. And I, mm-hmm. I played it. I remember tweeting about it, loving it. And then other people started getting codes, too, from like the PR company. And everyone just kind of got their hands on it um, and got a chance to try it out. Um, how did you find out about it? Well, it might have been through me, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yes, I found yeah. it out by you. Um, I heard other people talking about it, and I remember you were just like talking so positive about this game and so emotionally. And so I wasn't, and I'm not going to air everybody, uh, I am not a PC player. I don't play a lot of PC Same. games on Steam. The first game that I ever beat in was Grand Theft Auto 3 on PC. Uh, and yes, I used to cheat code for to get through yeah. that game because it was a mess. Um, but I remember just hearing this game and I was just like, well, Grayson plays it. You know, we got this show, Talk the Walk. I'm like, we should really uh, get into it. So I reached out to Grayson a while back and I said, you know what? I'm putting, uh, I'm putting the plug and I'm going to be talking about uh, us playing before your eyes. So we made it, we planned it for um, March uh, uh, to play this game. And I knew it wasn't too long to play, but some things changed. And so I made a decision that, you know what, since it's not long, uh, let me reach out to Grayson and ask him, hey, would you actually like to do like a deep dive about this game? And Grayson said yes. And so thank you, Grayson. Um, thank you for introducing me to this game. I got like three achievements on Steam <laughs> <laughs> from it. And I think the game does have replay value, but we'll get into that part a little bit later. I'm just going to give a little bit of history about uh, Before Your Eyes. It was developed by Goodbye World Games and published by Skybound Games. It released on Windows on April 8th, 2021, 
Mac OS on September 28, 2021, and Android OS on July 26, 2022, and it just recently came out for PSVR 2 for PlayStation 5. So you can right. play before your eyes. They uh, showed it on their uh, State of Play Direct that came out a while back. So, which was kind of like the highlight of this game. Uh, when it got announced for that state of play, the airbrush was like, Oh, before your eyes is coming. And when I seen it and I seen the name, I'm like, Oh, I know Grayson is probably losing his mind seeing this channel. He's just like, Ah, my favorite, one of my favorite games is oh, it's coming to PSVR, uh, too. And so, um, if you by the time you guys see this, if you want to play it that way, you can experience it in the virtual reality. Yeah, now, I, I don't, I don't think it's something that is worth buying a PSVR 2 for, of course. So, mm-hmm. so if you have a computer to play it, like I have a MacBook Air and this game runs fine if you have the graphics on low. You know, it's not a game where you have to have the graphics high because obviously it's not like, like like what you said, you're just clicking through certain scenes. You're not like walking around and fighting stuff. Um, yes. But I think playing on VR would probably be really cool because that's like probably way more authentic. It feels like you're probably in that world and be able to look around with the helmet and then like try not to blink and stuff, um, which we'll talk about later, of course. Yes. Um, The game uses your device's camera to progress the story. Every time the player blinks, the story moves forward. It was the biggest gameplay function to be used to market the game. It has won a BAFTA for a game beyond uh, and was nominated in the Games for Impact for the Game Awards in 2021. So, you ready, Grayson? Let's talk about this game. Uh, started off, um, Benjamin Benny Byron floats on a dark sea. Before being picked up by a boat, him by the ferryman, Benny's unable to speak or gesture, though the ferryman is able to perceive his blinking, which becomes his primary mode of communication. The ferryman explains that he senses something unique in Benny and is bringing him to the gatekeeper for judgment. If deemed worthy, Benny will be allowed to enter the gatekeeper's paradise and the fair man will be rewarded. If not, Benny will be turned into one of the seagulls that frequently cross the boat. To facilitate this, the fair man asks him to recount his memories so that he may be able to spin a tale for the gatekeeper. However, he explains that Benny will be unable to stay within the memories as they will flash forward as soon as he blinks. So, I have before we get into the discussion discussion i had a very big issue with this game (sighs) and the issue was the blinking itself because the camera cannot pick up your eyes behind glasses oh i didn't think about how glasses would work with this game because they ask you at the beginning if you have glasses so i thought maybe it would no it doesn't oh shoot yeah, so did, it doesn't. So did you have issues then? Like, was it was it thinking you were blinking when you weren't, or when you you blinked and the game so didn't register? What end up, so what ended up happening is is that I had to play the game without my glasses on. Hmm. How was that? And so my camera it picked up some of my blinking here and there, but I kind of had to be very close to because uh, mm. I'm nearsighted. Everybody, um, okay. I had to be very close. <laughs> to my computer which was fine and i had to blink and because a lot of the stuff is voice acted i'm you know i'm just like okay that i don't have to worry about and then when i was ready to blink i would look up something and then i would blink uh for it but yeah i was just like uh this is this is kind of concerning (laughs) in 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 a way to me yeah that's unfortunate Um, because i feel like you know it's it's such an important part of the game. So if that, like when I played it, it works for me perfectly fine. I have my webcam here and it's mm-hmm. like perfect, especially when you're testing it at the beginning, like it works fine. Um, yeah. So it sucks to hear that you have that, that experience. Cause I feel like that sort of diminishes the whole thing for you. Yeah. Like, and I, so. and I had, and I actually had to get the game to recognize my red camera. Cause it was going mm. through my computer when I'm just like, no, I need you to recognize my camera camera that I use. Mm. So it did. I got it all together. And then I started playing the game. Um, when you start the game, you're a baby in a sense. 
like you're a toddler. Um, and you're hitting your mom play the piano. And mm. she just submitted a piece, uh, hoping that it get accepted and everything. Um, right. But they want you to go in a different route. They give, actually give you a choice to be an artist or a piano t- a piano mm. player. What did you choose? Uh, um, so you're talking about like the moment when you're he's drawing the picture and you can like push it down, right? Is that what changes? Yeah, the, yeah. So I I did that when I was just playing. I don't remember if I did the same thing when I first played. Um, but yeah, I pushed it down so it it was going towards the route of him playing piano. Um, yeah. What about you? I went with the piano. Yeah. Uh, I did the same thing, and so um, that that was kind of cool that they was giving you traces in this game um, mm. for it. And then, okay, or of course, like as you grow, um, as you're playing the piano, which was cool, was that if you're using your mouse, because uh, you can mm. still you still kind of got the mouse gameplay. Uh, the piano will flash and you will use the mouse cursor to make sure that it goes along so it sounds like you're playing. You didn't see no hands or anything. Not and as all. you grow, uh, you continue, you know, to improve your skill uh, and everything. And then there, there is a point that, uh, you know, your mom is just like, I'm. you know, she kind of wants to, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that because your mom <laughs> has some aspirations for you a little bit. Right. Um, um, well, I don't know if you mentioned, but like the um, just so people know, like the whole blinking thing. So you're going through Benny's life from a kid. Uh, you know, it, it goes in progression from a kid. He's getting he's getting older and you're watching these scenes. Um, the scene will start and you can just blink normally and nothing will happen. But a few seconds into the scene, a metronome pops up on the bottom of the screen. And when the metronome pops up, that's when you cannot blink. And when you blink the game immediately cuts to the next point in time. And the next point in time is not always the same day. It's like, it can be days. It can be months. It can be years. And usually what the game will do, it's like, you're, we'll have give you a conversation with someone and that thing pops up and you kind of want to stay in that moment for as long as you can without blinking. And it's very difficult to do a lot of the times where I'm like, like staring like so hard to do, to do so like there's certain scenes, like we'll get way to later. We're like, there's, there's like a phone that's ringing and your character's like slowly mm. walking towards it. And you're just like, you can't do it because it's like such a long time to not blink. Um, but that's like the main mechanic of the whole blinking thing, just to get that out there. Which at, sometimes I uh, held something up to my face and turned my head so my camera No, you cheated! And then I blink. <laughs> it came back. I just did it once to see if it recognizes and, and everything you gotta test the limits and stuff everything <laughs> else i i took my glasses off and was blinking when i came yeah, yeah. um with it so uh benny uh begins to recount his childhood growing up in a small seaside town with his parents richard an office worker hold on one second yeah, Richard, an office worker, uh, and Ellie, uh, an, an accountant and aspiring composer. The family also begins caring for a stray cat they name Ernie. As he grows up, Benny develops a fondness for art and especially music due to his mother's influence. One day, an unsupervised Benny begins playing Ellie's composition on the piano by ear and believing him to be a prodigy. His parents quickly decide to enroll him in piano lessons. Over the years, Benny continues to improve his piano skills, impressing his parents and their friends. He also meets and befriends Chloe, his outspoken, adventurous neighbor. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Chloe, uh, not Chloe, um... The cat Ernie, the mm. mom is allergic to, in her thing. Right. Uh, and you she gets get a, she has a bunch of allergies, sneezing, and she can barely like speak normally without you can hear it in her voice, right? Yeah. And I was, um, didn't care for the cat. Like, <laughs> like, why you give me a cat for my birthday? <laughs> I, uh, you know. And everything, and I was just like, okay, that's fine, you know, mm-hmm. giving us the cat. But as time goes on, you kind of something, you kind of end up missing a cat in a sense. 
and everything. And it was just like, oh, okay. I I get it. And knowing at this point, nothing is wrong. You are learning the family life, um, seeing it through your eyes as a kid and everything. Yeah. And, you know, you, you got your parents' love because uh, they're joking around here and there. Um, I thought the dad was a teacher. He he is yeah he's a he was a professor. Okay, well, I don't know if that was when they met, or I think I don't know if it was like currently. Cause I remember him talking about oh like, um, she was a student. Oh, what was she doing? She was doing something in college, and he was a professor. So he was mentioning how, you know, he he thought that she was impressed by him. So that, that's how they like hit it off and stuff. What did you think of this family life at this time? At, in, in this in this beginning part, you know, it, it's cool because the game sort of frames it as if you are a kid the way it, the way it puts like your point of view. So you have like yes. the cat and the you can play around with the little cat toy, right? Like over and over again. And then you have like the parents in the background talking about whatever, like making jokes or like sometimes they can be talking about like serious topics or issues going on. But you're just kind of like it's kind of in the background. You know, you're focused on the cat. You're focused on like the toy because you're a child and it, it kind of. It kind of like made me remember how it is to be a kid and you're not really worrying about what adults are talking about or thinking about. It's just kind of like he's distracted and he's a kid. So like that's just what a kid does. So it kind of puts you in that frame, which is cool, like that point of view, which I, I like. How, how did how did you feel like if that was you in that kid's place? I mean, it feels it feels safe, right? It feels like a nice family dynamic until later you know obviously when things change but it feels safe like like the best life a kid could have growing up you know um i think you know things things start to take a turn when like i think his mom pushes him to become like this prodigy you know it's like something that she it's funny because throughout the game she always talks about how she doesn't feel confident as a piano player right she yeah used to come she used to compose music in college and she never feels like she did what she wanted to do um, and she's sort of pushing that onto her son, Benny, and and kind of living vicariously through his through him, like like you're gonna become a prodigy the way I want it to be. Um, which is like it's just an interesting like, dynamic, I guess. Um Yes. But yeah. Now, uh Chloe, you end up meeting this girl because you're playing outside and everything, and <laughs> you know you have to. You see her and you have to blink, and it moves forward of you guys meeting and everything. Uh, two things I want to ask you: uh, How did you think about her uh, when she was playing video games with you, and what did you think about her? while you was in school with the teacher um it was cute like I, I, it was really nice especially when you first meet her it's like a really fun interaction where she just seems like such a outgoing confident like not afraid of anything type of girl and and benny's more of a shy you know out like not read not really speaking to anyone unless he's spoken to sort of person mm. but i feel like she i feel like meeting her just kind of like changed everything for him where he's like he can he found someone he can confide in he found someone who's like can take him on an adventure and kind of offer uh like a, a distraction i guess um uh but no, I, I like her in class and stuff she's she's really fun and cool and i love like the note that she sent to him and stuff and yeah it's, it was great wasn't she did she ask that if to help her cheat or something or give her the answer yeah I forgot. The teacher asked her a separate, uh, question and it gave you the option, you know, to give her the answer or not. Oh, okay. And I did it. I didn't give her the answer. <laughs> yeah, I don't, rem- I don't remember that one. I-, I haven't played in so long, but that's interesting too. Um, oh, would you have given her the answer or not? Uh, I probably would have gave it to her. <laughs> She's okay. like, you know, kind of like a best friend now. So I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll help you out. And you want to let her down. Oh, we'll get into that <laughs> question a little bit later. Yeah. Trust me. Um, eventually, uh, Ellie manages to set up an audition for Benny, which would allow him to enter a prestigious music school. And Benny's given a year to practice several pieces for his audition. As Ellie intensifies their practice 
uh, apprentice sections, Richard voices his concerns about Benny, leading to several arguments about his future. On the night before the audition, Chloe invites Benny to camp with her on the beach, and he can either accept or reject her to focus on his audition. The next day, I rejected her. I stayed in the bed to sleep. <laughs> uh, I don't uh, remember what I did. I think I, I think I rejected it too. To be honest, okay. I think that's what happened. Uh, the next day, uh, Benny plays the piece he had been practicing, but is rejected by the school regardless of his performance. Soon after, he is taken to a doctor <sighs> due to a, a specific illness, and you know. They gave him a curse in the words, but something about it, they were just like, they don't think he's ready yet in yeah. everything. And I was kind of shocked. I'm like, if he did so well, if he met all your standards, what was it about him not being able to go to that school? Because I, I really think that this is more of I, I understand the conflict of what they're kind of doing but mm-hmm. i kind of felt like since he wasn't a like rich child or anything like he comes from a rich family i kind of feel like in a way that he may have been like middle class and they were very empty to see him come to a school like that with him being middle class so you're saying like they rejected him maybe because of like he wasn't like rich enough, sort of. Yes. Like his status. Yes. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know because like yeah, you're right. He was a he was a good player. Um, but I don't know. I feel like I feel like they did that to just kind of like do something to the mother, maybe to like make her feel like oh maybe this wasn't the right path for my son, mm-hmm. or yeah, something like that. I don't know. Because eventually he starts going into art, and right. uh, that starts leading into some things. Um, although the illness leaves Benny unable to leave the house, he is eventually rediscovers his passion for art and develops a skill, allowing him to get into art school. Benny's unique style eventually garners him widespread attention over the years, and he becomes a, a successful artist. Now, this is where we're going to stop at and have a discussion. Because when I get to, when we get to the rest of the game, this is when the emotional parts start kicking in. Mm-hmm. So, with Benny becoming a artist and everything, uh do you feel like that was kind of forced in a sense? Because you you weren't able to do both at the same time. I mean, even though you drew Chloe for your birthday and everything, you had the option to draw her uh, and then put her on the paper uh, and everything. And Chloe looked because you guys, uh, she made fun of you uh, for drawing her mm-hmm. and doing that. Okay, She's I like, that. I can't believe you did that. And everything, mm. and it was kind of showing how Chloe has feelings for Benny. Yeah, she felt some type of way about that. Like, oh, I can't believe this boy just drew a picture of me. Like, what are you doing? Right, because because in the game, uh, Chloe asks, "Do you like me, or are we just friends?" You know, mm-hmm. you could like her or do a, or friends on her. I friends on her, <laughs> heart like quickly. Cause you made fun of my art. I'm not gonna be with you. You made fun of my art. No. She was just playing around. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, so, the the whole painting thing, like I don't know, it because he couldn't he really couldn't play piano, right? With the with the sickness. Um, so the painting is like one of the only things he was able to do. Um and then he gets into the art school, right? After he um, Yes. He gets really famous for, well, not famous, but like his work gets really recognized and stuff. Um, Cause you yeah, have to draw know. like, you have to draw like a new person, a new man. Mm. I believe. Okay. God, I, sh- I wish I should have replayed it the whole thing again. Cause it's like, I have like such missing gaps of memories. Um, 
So I, I want to ask you before we get to the the emotional part. You probably wasn't expecting something to happen, but without spoiling the rest of the game, do you think this what this turn was just like a big U turn, or was you just like I expected something to happen, but I'm surprised they decided to go this way with it. I don't know. I I think I remember playing and kind of. <laughs> Not being surprised, just sort of, I was expecting something very, very sad to happen. Just, you know, the tone of the game and the way it starts and stuff. And it's like, I'm about to cry because this is so sad. Um, no, I, I kind of expected it. I don't know. But it's still and, hit. And we kind of, I mean, we kind of knew something was going to happen because he's on that ferry. Yeah, yeah. You know, obviously, he, he passed. He passed. So. Uh, but it was just uh, to me, it took a weird turn. Uh, because I, I feel like they did a big U turn, mm. and it was just like, wait a minute, it okay. If work, if, if you guys are going to do this, and I understand why you did it to actually show the honesty, excuse me, why were some of the choices given to me, like the options given to me? You know, uh, why was I able, you know, to meet Chloe as an adult and everything? And, and as I'm walking, she's telling me her life and everything. Well, like, why do that? It's the, you know, I, I guess it's just like, why the fake out and everything? And, and mm-hmm. I wonder, was it because it was Benny? Telling his side to the ferryman so the ferryman could say something. And I wonder, did the ferryman, who was a wolf, uh, and, and you know, you know, wolf is sheep's clothing, clothing, you know, yeah. you know, wolves are sneaky, they like to lie and everything. And it, it, it's kind of ironic that I mentioned that because. Benny is telling him this story. Is telling him this lie, and you think a wolf would go along with it, but the ferryman kind of smells something isn't right, kind of <laughs> knows something is right because he has to spin this story soon. So instead of the wolf being in sheep's clothing so he could get what he want, he's Benny is the wolf in sheep's clothing. Yeah, he's he's trying to like lie to to lie to spin a tale basically right that he's he's lived this like really not extravagant life but like a troubled life i guess right Mm -hmm. yes um to make it make it seem like it's more than what it is um and yeah it's it's very interesting so um so he becomes a successful artist. Um, however, when El- Ellie suddenly dies, Benny falls into a slump and isolates himself from the world, only able to paint variations of his mother's final portrait. When Witcher calls Benny and asks him to help clear some of Ellie's belongings, Benny finds her own her old sheet music, when revitalizes his artistic drive and allows him to paint a new portrait of his mother, which uh, he displays at his latest e- exhibition. There, Benny runs into a dog Chloe and she invites him out for a drink. So, uh, yeah, that was, you know, you're thinking, okay, you know, this is the story. And we never find out what the disease was uh, and everything. No. Um, but there is a part where, you know, uh, Benny is walking to his kitchen door and it's like dark outside and something mm-hmm. is red out there. Uh, but you actually don't know what it is. Um, you think that your dad is going to be depressed and everything, but you know he's just like, no, I'm cleaning the house and everything. Uh, and so you think that you have this kind of fairy tale, you know, like this. You have this. Yes, it's sad that the mom died, but uh, this 
this is the way that the game is and you just probably ended up dying from OH because like you said dying from being an artist um there is a choice though also i forgot to talk about this choice this man is telling you about your art and mm-hmm. there's a woman that's trying to make you an offer uh give you this check did you take the offer or not oh my god i don't remember i do not remember because i did it you did i did it no okay because i wonder if the outcome and is I still she- the same you know i don't think i don't know if it changes a lot uh-huh because because what ends up happening is that the old that man that was helping you he ends up getting mad at you and everything and starts yelling at you like as you get later on it's like because you're like in your depression and everything so um that's what kind of happens um as the fairy man celebrates at the prospect of having such a colorful story to tell the seagulls actually the souls of liars see through benny's lies and become increasingly rowdy the fairy man realizes this as well and after silencing the birds threatens benny with the consequences of lying to the gatekeeper and insists on the truth benny then revisits his childhood once more and the fairy man analyzes his memory during his visit to the doctor and finally uncovers the truth the adolescent benny was diagnosed with a terminal illness and did not have much longer life uh longer left to live the memories he started about being an artist were merely benny's fantasies he then asked benny to continue to revisit his true memories and it's at this point you're uh, attached to the bed. You're hooked onto this medicine, mm-hmm. and uh, you kind of get like this red kind of bubbleish things and stuff. And when you take the medicine, it kind of goes away and everything. You can look at different rooms, and there's points at the time where you have to keep your eyes open. Hmm and stare at the camera and look at certain objects because you need to hear what your parents are saying. Yeah. It kind of forces you to, to listen to the stuff that you probably don't want to hear. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. Um, because it's mostly the mom and dad, you know, arguing and stuff because they know that Benny has this illness. Sorry about that, everybody. Uh, you know, you have this illness, and you you really don't know if you're going to like pass away or anything. Mm. Um, you're you're thinking that when you went to the doctor the first time that you felt better because they like they never explained the illness, but you see that because the doctor takes the mom to the side and talks about it, and then it kind of like if you blink and fast forward to you in bed you thinking that you're sick or something like got a cough or a cold or something but then you end up feeling better mm-hmm. uh because like chloe sneaks in at that time and stuff if you want to be a patreon producer head on over to patreon patreon.com slash media and find out which tier is right for you our patreon producers at the five dollar tier or higher for this month are adriel munger austin campbell Celeste Roberts, Christian S., Sana Dierig, Francisco Santillan, and Rebecca Jewell. Thank you for your continued support. Yeah, I think I also remember like everything you're doing is like slow. Like once you start typing on the on the typewriter, everything is sort of like yeah. it gets slower and slower, and you start to realize that like, oh shit, what's going on? Yeah, because he starts like writing a story about his life, right? At that point, so um, while bedridden, Benny takes up writing on his mother's old typewriter and types out his life story at her uh, insistence. Eventually, disease takes its toll on Benny, and he is forced to take medication, in addition to other medical devices to mitigate the effects of the disease. As Benny's conditions worsens, Richard and Ellie attempt to stay positive in spite of the stresses of their current life. When Benny makes amends with Chloe after getting mad at her for uh, brusquely comparing his situation with their late mother's own illness, Ernie also returns after running away following the death of her kittens due to coyotes earlier. Eventually, the medication is no longer able to delay the disease, and Benny finally dies, ended up in the afterlife where the fairy man found him. So, was it at 
this point that you started crying <laughs> that you felt emotional i i felt i feel emotional for like so many scenes because i like i i just think about how short time is and how like mm-hmm. so many so many things we experience in life we like forget and we we kind of forget to sort of take it in and and like take in the moment instead of like you know being on our phones or whatever so there are just so, so many scenes in this game where you're just like your mo- your mother's talking to you while you're a kid or whatever, and I get emotional because it's like I think about myself as a kid and like these memories yeah. that I used to have with your family and stuff, and then you realize that you know these people are not going to be here forever, and then you start thinking like oh I should have I should have took more advantage and spent more time with this person or I should have um like just sat in that moment longer, um but yeah this this these these all these scenes when he's on the bed and like sick and they're arguing it's like such like so distraught or i'm like i was just super emotional um the entire time like not really knowing how it was gonna end and and stuff like that well for me it was it was the narrative that and i didn't i I talked about me feeling emotional about gangs and like crying and, and uh feeling sorrow so i don't get to the point of physically being emotional like physically crying or and mm-hmm. stuff um most of the times i would just say oh no i can't believe this happened no and then i end up wanting to write about it i i, I want to end up reflecting a little bit more on it and why some sometimes emotional stuff in games hits deeper than uh some of the action packed nice looking cutscenes that you see in certain games. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I I talked about like the Last Guardian, and um, I hopefully I'm we get a chance to play um that dragon named Cancer and everything because a lot of people. Uh, really cried during the demo of that game and everything. And I remember reading it uh, from about it on Wire. And uh, in that Wire article, the dad who created the game had got to a point where he couldn't finish it because he was crying. And today, everybody know um, that cancer, uh, uh, that dragon named Cancer, yeah, yeah, is about um, this. son who goes on this adventure uh and everything he's uh, he's a baby but it was really about um this mom and this dad uh these parents who end up losing their uh newborn or their son to cancer and to keep him in you know to memorialize him the dad ended up making a game for him and so he took the game to packs i believe or he took this to one of the indie showcases and people at first like passed by but then there was somebody who ended up playing it and giving it a try it couldn't finish the game because it was making them cry and every player who went into playing that game trying out the demo they left that game crying because of how uh what the theme was and everything you know yeah. not only are you dealing it with uh an issue with cancer but you're dealing it with a newborn who is uh who is diagnosed with cancer and everything so uh you can people could go watch a playthrough i think it's still available for people to buy and everything but i remember hearing about this game uh, that dragon named Cancer, and like I said, reading and wire, it's just getting an idea of why this game was being made. And so, mm-hmm. when I think of before your eyes, and I think of this terminal illness thing, you know, this got to really hit with a lot of people who have lost a child or lost someone because of a terminal illness. Mm-hmm. And it's the only way that you could communicate because your voice command is not voice command. Your voice is gone. It's through physical, um, it's through blinking as communication, the kind of like Morse code. It's very interesting to see. Um, I think I wrote an article on Boss Rush, uh, or I'm probably going to be playing the right one, on why games like uh, Papo and Yo, um, The Last Guardian, um, even Gears of War, on why some of those emotional parts of those games need to hit deeper for gamers. And and I, I kind of mentioned, 
I kind of asked the question and I wasn't trying to be rude. I'm like, can people with PTSD who came from a war, can they play something like Gears? Can they mm-hmm. play Halo or Call of Duty? Like, I know it's it's for a lot of people it's stuck and it's not and it's not to be mean or anything, but I'm just like, can people who have that who want to get into games and they just see that and all of this stuff is marketing, can they play that or can or do they voice their opinion and say, I can't play stuff like this because I have actually been through it? You know, and does the I kind of want to add the add a discussion to it. Does the oh I'm sorry about that. Does Nintendo games become the stress reliever of that? You know, uh, oh I got PTSD uh, because of what I seen in Gears and I relive it. Can they go and play something like Kirby? Can they can they go play something that's like Animal Crossing and not feel? Uh, you know, something to calm them down. They're a trigger in their thing. And we was talking to me and Corey was talking about uh uh so uh Iwata uh brought that uh the scissor uh the stress reliever kind of thing that you put oh, yeah, your the, finger in. Yeah, vitality sensor. Yeah, vitality sensor. How important would that have been if Nintendo went through with it? And like if even if you could connect it to your Switch nowadays, how how important would that be to gamers? I mean, yeah, I don't know. It depends. I guess it depends on what that was actually being used for. Because if I remember, <laughs> I thought I thought it was just for like a way to sense your like your heartbeat, right, or like your pressure. So yes. like if you're if you're playing like a horror game or something, um, I guess you could like. <laughs> You can check your finger for some reason to see how scared you are, your heart rate. Yes. Or maybe Nintendo is going to make some sort of health game, fitness sort of game that they you know, like, like a Wii Fit sort of experience where you could like check your blood pressure, your heart rate. I don't know, but um, I don't know if it would have been important. I guess we will would never know because it's not you know they they shut the door on that. Yeah. Um, but like you're saying about Nintendo games and PTSD and stuff, yeah, for sure. I mean. And not just Nintendo games. I mean, there are a lot of games, like indie games, that are cozy and and cute and like not really triggering. Yeah. Like with gun, the, the, you won't find gunshots or explosions or grenades. You know, you can. Um, there's so many games out, especially nowadays, that are more like before your eyes, you know, and stuff um, that anyone can really just enjoy and not worry about like crazy intense like stuff like shooting and whatever. Yeah, because there are uh, a lot of casual games out. Um, that like if they that do even do some con- some directs and stuff that we watch and just like oh that's cool that they're doing this um I'll go support that because it's a calm game it's nothing yeah. that for me to stress out about um or some games that I can't lose a life or anything you know I may mess up and lose some coins but I'm not dying you know uh. Kirby's Epic Yarn is a good example. Sorry, right now I'm going back to Nintendo. But <laughs> welcome but to Nintendo like, Pop Block. I'm just kidding. <laughs> exactly. But that game is a big example because everybody made fun of it on how easy it was. But it's a game that's like it's very calming. You can't die. Yeah. You lose your rubies, and you but you're still able to make progress. You Epic know, Yarn is so like, much fun. Like it's such a fun game. And sometimes people think that games always have to be so combative and like most yeah. just think just, just think about most triple a games are about killing something right like you have to have a gun you have to have some type of weapon triple a games aren't you know cozy indie games like they just aren't mass they don't have that mass appeal that a call of duty or gears of war or whatever has um it's interesting to think about stuff like that um I, I think nintendo just does a good job too at making games like kirby's epic yarn where you don't uh-huh. Even even though there's not a challenge per se, they just do a good job of making the gameplay feel good. Like when you're transforming and you're traversing the environments and you're you're just enjoying the ride almost. It's just a nice a nice ride, right? Like most Kirby yeah. games, that's how I feel. It's just like it's just enjoyable, breezy, easy experience where I can like snuggle up with my Switch for a couple minutes and not feel scared or like get stressed about losing to someone online or like get, get scared about dying over and over again, game overs. Like you just Mm -hmm. don't have that. So it's nice to have games like that where you're just like, I'm not going to be stressed. I'm not going to die. 
everything's about you know just enjoying the you know the experience um, yeah but yeah and, and i and i know we're gonna get back into the game because we're almost to the end of, of it um but i think it's I think it's really important when a gang can bring some kind of emotion out to you. And it always, like I said, it always, it's always up to the player and everything. Uh, we talked about uh, the remains of Edith Fitch. Uh, oh, what remains of Edith Fitch. And we just talked about mm-hmm. all of the stories that went on. And we talked about the baby, um, spoiler the alert, uh, yeah, in the in the hot tub, in the well, in the hot tub, in the tub, and how <laughs> yeah. that death happened, and how that alone would make you put down the gang and everything, and you would just be like, "Wow, this family really is cursed with dying." You know, telling these stories on how they died. Some are, uh, some are like funny. Some are just like kind of grippy, and yeah. some are just emotional. And everything, and I think it's when you're playing a walking simulator and it deals with death, and you get you're hearing memories, or you're about to live that death. It really impacts you because even though it's a virtual world, it kind of makes you think: Is this going to be me when I actually pass away? Mm-hmm. You know. So. Uh, we're going to get into the final part of this game. As they reach the gatekeeper's sanctuary, the ferryman decides against a grandiose tale like he originally attended and instead asks for a simple summary of Benny's life by repeating Ellie's response to Benny's life story. Although he lived only a short and ordinary life, he nonetheless lived a good one by giving hope to his friends and family. Please uh, please by this display of heart and sincerity, the gatekeeper allows Benny uh, to pass through as the ferryman asks him to close his eyes one last time. Yes. And when he closes the closest eyes, the screen goes black and the game ends. I think his you also hear something from the parents, I think too. I think I think you hear the mom's voice and she says something like, Why is he it just I think this happens here, but she's like, Why are you, why is he smiling so much? Like talking about Benny and then um uh-huh. they say like it's because he's somewhere he's ha- he's somewhere happy or he's 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 somewhere where he feels good now. Um, which always gets me like the ending made made me cry. Especially when you feel it, when you close your eyes and you feel like, and you hear them like speaking to you within, it just feels yes. like you're sort of transcending. Like I, I felt myself almost like dying and becoming this like spiritual, like being and being entered into like God's, you know, whatever the heck, like heaven. Um, mm-hmm. This whole ending, just this final part, I think like the, just the message overall is like, um, you know, just, like I was talking about earlier, like you just can't all the moments that you have with people, just make sure you really respect that time you have and don't take it for granted because you know, they could be gone tomorrow. Right. And you're going to be regretting. Like, I wish I would have called this person more. I wish I would have spent more time with this person. I wish I didn't say this thing. I wish I didn't, you know, all these things. Um, And originally, you know, Benny wanted that crazy grandiose story because he thought he wouldn't be accepted right to the to the gatekeeper or whatever mm-hmm. um and then it realizes like he actually lived like a short ordinary life and he still gets through and i think that's also saying something about like i think as a as a society i hate saying that as a society but we're kind of like not forced to but we always feel like we always have to leave a legacy behind when we die right we get so stressed out and concerned about like when i die like what am i leaving behind like what have i done to uh, for people to remember me by. And I think that sticks in our heads a lot, but sometimes it's not always about trying to be remembered. Cause that's just mm-hmm. not, not, not everyone's going to live this like crazy celebrity life. Or you're going to like have this crazy pa- famous painting. You're like, you're not, not everyone's going to have like music that everyone's going to listen to, you know, not everyone's going to have like this incredible life. So I think it's a, this is saying like it's almost okay to have a life sometimes that's ordinary or it's not like it's just not extraordinary basically, um, which I think about a lot um, or recently at least. Yeah, it's you can't you don't feel immortalized um, or anything. You know yeah. what you do now in the present, uh, and and I think that's why 
we talk about just in gaming in general being positive um when we talk about you know supporting each other in a good light um just gamers male female um lgbt uh q b i plus eight <laughs> whatever <laughs> uh uh just just whoever you are if you love gaming people who are watching you or people who are listening to you or people who are actually playing with you it's good to have a positive and a respectable uh community and have other people who are saying on that same level and everything of being respectable because I'm like, you don't want to leave this world with any kind of hate towards you or um, or you leaving this world hating somebody and mm. stuff. Uh, you know, you want to be remembered for the good things that you did and everything. And uh, I, I believe this game, like before your eyes, the meaning for it is that Everything is happening before your eyes. And in the blink of an eye, time passes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that general. And if you and you know that time is going to pass and it's going to get to a point where you can't blink anymore because your eyes are shut because you passed away. That's deep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, that's another way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. So while you are on this earth, and you are able to do something good and love people and, you know, be supportive. Take advantage of that if you can. Yeah, you may not ever get to a celebrity status. It is okay. Yeah, as long as you're you know. doing the work that you like and you find mm-hmm. you're sincere, you know, and you're you're like, you know, like the ending of this, this, of the game, it's like, it says that, you know, he lived, he still lived a good life by giving hope to his friends and family. So Benny was, you know, good to his friends. He was good to his family with the time that he had. And we kind of just as humans need to be like that, right? We have to have hope and be positive about stuff. Not like a, not like a toxic positivity thing where people are like, no, no, you can't be sad. Like we're going to be sad about stuff all the time. That's okay. It's definitely okay to feel sad and feel emotions, but it's just like a matter of fact of getting through those emotions to reach your, the level of happiness that you want, you know, and not get stuck in like these, um, these negative feelings all the time. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of what else to say. (laughs) Um, well, um, as we get into our last thoughts about this game, um, I kind of just want to ask you uh, with this last question, um, Grace. How would you feel if you did find out a friend had a terminal illness that they were going to be passing away soon? Um, what? What? I kind of want, I want to ask you, like what would be the last thing you would hope to do with that person? If you could. God. Yeah. I mean, so I, I was just thinking about like my best friend uh, who lives in Florida. Um, who I, I see like, you know, maybe once or twice a year, whenever I visit. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, of course, if that were to happen, I'm going to be completely like a wreck. Like, what do you, there's nothing you could do about it, right? Because it's gonna happen, and you know they're gonna uh-huh. they're not gonna have a long time left. I just would want them to know that you know, the one I would make sure they know how much I care about them and love them. And me and him grew up a lot playing video games when we were younger and stuff. So that's always been that thing that keeps us reunited and keep, keep you know that we have that in common. So I mean, I would try to make play play games with them, you know, as much as I can before they go. Um, our favorite games, the games we used to play as kids together, anything like multiplayer, you know, just to have that um, co-op experience or, or something like uh, before they end up dying. Because, um, you know, I guess it depends on the illness, but if they can't like, I'm, I'm imagining them like not being able to move, like they're stuck in a bed, uh-huh. like like this, like Benny. Um but yeah, that's probably what I would I would want to like focus on, like spend time with them, let them know how much I care about them, and play some play some games. Um, 
How about you? I think, and this is not connected to Corey because Corey's like my <laughs> best. That's the that's my bro him. Yeah. Um, but I think if I had a friend that was on that level, if I found out, because that's the important thing, I want to find out and everything. But if I found out that you know they're on their last leg and I'm able to go see them or something. I'm making a trip to go see them. And mm. uh, I think the first thing we'll probably do, of course, we'll reminisce and talk. But I kind of would like, like, if they were able to still, well, no, they probably wouldn't be able to move because I'll be like, I would like to play an Uno game with them <laughs> or something. But I think I will probably find out what their favorite song is Aww. and sing it to them. <laughs> whether if it's good or bad or they like it or, or anything I would probably find their favorite song and do my best to sing it to them Aww, um, that's and sweet that's and cute I, I know it'll be like I can't believe he, I'm leaving this world <laughs> I think it would be like right I think it would be like this is very sincere because it's coming from my heart because I, first of all I got to make it through the song without crying and everything because yeah, good I'm luck. Like, <laughs> right. I'm singing it straight to you, to your face, while you're slowly fading away. You know, because I don't yeah. want to be like, I don't, man, to get a call to be like, you know, you just saw your friend or friend or friend or whoever, you get back to the hotel or wherever you're staying at, and you get the phone call that that person passed away or after you just did something and walked out the room, they passed away. Like, that will, yes, everybody, that's dark. But it has happened to some people that they've been in the room with them and their heartbeat went straight, Kaput. went straight to a line. Yeah, I can't even imagine lo- losing someone that was like in the same that was like living with me or something like someone super, super mm-hmm. close. Like my father passed away a few years ago who I hadn't, I wasn't close to at all, but it was a phone call like you mentioned. And like when it happens, you just don't, you're just like, what? Like what? Like I, you, you, you don't think it happens to you. Right. Cause I, I never really like lost someone really close to me until, you know, until that happened. So it was like, mm-hmm. just, it's a crazy feeling. And that was someone who I'm not even close to. So I can't even imagine the day, you know, my grandmother, God forbid, you know, something happens to her. It's just like, I, I think about it a lot. Like when it happens, cause I have to, I just, I kind of prepare myself um, for those feelings. Like, it's like, it's, so, it's going to happen. I'm going to cry. I'm going to need my boyfriend to like hug me and tell me <laughs> everything's okay. You know, but I'm going to like still break down. Like I did when my dad died, you know, it was just like, Cause you know, you have all these emotions that pop up in your head. Like maybe I should have seen him when he wanted to see me or whatever. Or like, maybe I should have not have ignored calls or whatever. It's like, it really makes, if it really puts things in perspective. Um, yeah, that, that's, this game just hits so hard because like stuff like that, where like death, I think about death a lot and losing people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I try to enjoy life as much as I can and not, um, you know, it's funny because at the beginning of the game, when you have when you see the crows or the the seagulls on the boat, um, yeah. the wolf the wolf mentions that they're um, they're like watch clock watchers, and that's how they ended up as seagulls, right? Because they weren't um, their story wasn't good enough or whatever. So yeah. I found that interesting that the people that are watching the clock all the time are the ones that aren't really living. They don't have the most fulfilling life. Because they're looking at the clock and you're just thinking about time passing by. You're thinking about the next day instead of thinking about the present, like right now, right? Like right. you're like, oh, I, I tomorrow I have to do this. So we have to have to going to do this and this and this. And you're like, what about now? Like, what about today? What are you doing? Are you living your life to the full extent? Are you happy? Are you like with the right person? Are you, you know, it's just, I found that interesting when I replayed it today. Like he called them the, the time watchers or whatever. I'm like, oh, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh- so before we wrap this up, I definitely recommend this game before your eyes. I think it's a game that people definitely should play. What about you? Uh, yeah, of course. Like I, besides like the camera issues you've had, like if you can, if you have a computer and you have a good webcam, it, it should work. I feel like for most people, maybe you have some issues, mm-hmm. but 
even if if the, the eye stuff doesn't work like it intended, I think the story alone and going through that is just it's still really interesting and I don't know in some ways it's sort of like comforting even though it's sad like a little therapeutic um yes. the way it ends it, it's very it ends on a very like I I cried at the end because it's not sad it's more of like almost like a happy feeling like that war- I felt like a warm feeling in my body when you get to close your eyes and you feel like yourself mm-hmm. like I said like you're sort of like going with Benny to heaven or wherever he's going um somewhere where he's really happy it just it feels really good like the end um even though he's gone he's gone through so much bad shit in his life um i don't know it, it makes me it makes me a little more like it makes me a little bit less scared of of dying basically is what i i i, I take from this game i wonder is there a walking simulator or if someone's gonna make one uh about covid Losing someone. Oh no! Please, no. And and having to deal with that because I because definitely I a thing if not like, already like I'm sure there's some random Steam any- games about like COVID or something. <laughs> right. I haven't heard anything, but I wonder is that going to be kind of like in the future that someone does do a walking simulator about this that COVID side and people literally lose it and telling the stories of. You know, someone losing a family member or friend to COVID, a person who's dealing with COVID because um, they was reckless or, you know, and what about the hospital and the nurses that had to get, that had to deal with uh, not only the disease and the precautions, but just the people who were so against nurses and hospitals and everything and, and dealing with hospitals being filled up because of the COVID, uh, COVID, COVID epidemic. And, yeah. You know, will, do you think we'll see something like that in the future or should we see something like that? I should, I should say. Yeah. I mean, I think because it's, it's COVID is still fairly newish. You know, I, I feel like there's probably game developers already thinking about stories they can tell about, about the pandemic and not just about like the disease part of it, but I think the solitary part of it too. Like I can imagine, yes. uh, I can imagine an indie game where a developer is, you know, working on a game about working on a game or something, and they they have to move out of the office and work from home, and then their family, someone in their family, got sick and they couldn't leave their house. And you know, I, I can totally see a story like that, and and showing like the really bad times of COVID for people who are like really lonely and had no partner to go to or no friends they can see. Um, especially if they lost someone, like a family member died. Like, there's such good stories someone could tell about that whole the whole thing. Um, I don't know if we'll see a lot of that stuff because I feel like sometimes people don't want to really play games about COVID or whatever because we don't want to. It's like it's over and we don't want to like talk about it anymore. You know, we don't want to like relive it. But I think you know it's there's a potential for some like good storytelling there, um, for sure. Okay, well, everybody, that's going to be it for this talk to walk. Grace, thank you for joining me for the, this, this discussion. Um, if you, you. want to go ahead and plug, you can. Yeah, sure. Um, if anyone wants to follow me, you can check my workout at gamerant.com. Um, I have a lot of guides um, that I've written there, and we've, we've been covering you know, Resident Evil 4, and we plan on covering Breath of the Wild and Street Fighter 6 and all that stuff, so make sure to check us out. We've been putting out some really good guides lately, so... Yeah, and I am also primarily on Twitter at Grayson Morales. So just my first name and my last name. Um, and then if you want to, I'm also on TikTok and Instagram. Just search my first name, G-R-E-Y-S-U-N, and you should find me. There's like no one else with Grayson spelled that way. So it's not hard to to find my social media. <laughs> but yeah, but thank you for having me. This was actually, I wish I was able to finish my replay so I can like remember everything. Mm-hmm. It's been so long, but it was so nice to, to hear you and your thoughts on it and what it meant to you. And I feel like I have more of a respect for this game. Even now talking about it with you, it, it kind of opened my eyes about um, some more of the games, like themes or what I was trying to do. Uh, I need to finish it again for sure. So I can remember like the middle part of it. Um, but man, this game is so good. Like everyone should play it. If you know, it's, it's super cheap too. So yeah, I yeah. ended up getting it for $5 off of Steam. So. Same. Yeah. 
exactly. I kind of want to have like a talk the walk, uh, recap, like rewind and talk about some of the games that we play that Ooh. we did a series on, and people just come back and have that discussion, like. After playing that game, and sometimes I've been half past, how do you feel about it now? Because mm-hmm. uh, we got a good list. You know, uh, our last episode was Detroit Become Human that I right, did with right. Nelly. That one was a really good. Um, and we're getting ready, everybody, for our next game. Uh, we're doing Coffee Talk episode two. Now, I will say that this one is going to kind of be a little bit late um, due to the fact that the game is coming in later in April. Um, we won't have the discussion in May due to the fact that Tears of the Kingdom is coming out. <laughs> so uh, I don't I don't want to rush Coffee Talk to because people probably want to play the first game and everything. So I think what's going to end up happening is that we're going to uh, drop the episode on the day of Coffee Talk, episode two on the release, um, so people can watch it and then play the game. Um, and so in June, when we come back to have that discussion, we'll be ready, because I think we'll have enough um, Talk the Walk discussions. Um, man, June is going to be packed, dude. So it's Talk the Walk, it's the Pride uh, panel, and then more. <laughs> That's more Zelda. Zelda, Zelda, uh, more Zelda. Zelda. Where I think we're doing the uh, Tears of the Kingdom spoiler cast in June, but I don't know. Uh, yeah. We're it's all coming out in one now. month. What the heck? That gameplay gameplay trailer. Like, we're talking about it on Power Block. People be able to see. Excited to hear it. This this episode you guys are recording tonight, is this the first time you talked about the gameplay? Yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah, the gameplay happened on the Wednesday before Power Block happened. Okay. So, yeah, we'll have the discussion. You'll see, uh, hear our thoughts and everything. But with that, everybody, have a great week. Have a great weekend. And we'll see you next time on Talk the Walk. Bye, everybody. Talk Bye. the Walk is a product of Boss Rush Media, LLC, and is recorded from our headquarters in Akron, Ohio. This show is hosted by me, Edward Varnell. My co host is Celeste Roberts. You can find Celeste at Fairy Crypt on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me at that retro code on Twitter and Instagram and hosting Nintendo Power Block. You can follow Talk the Walk's release schedule by following the Boss Rush Podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Boss Rush Podcast. You can also follow Boss Rush Media and Boss Rush Network on all major social media platforms. Join the Boss Rush Network Discord and Facebook groups to interact with other friends and fans. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.